the service of prayer and preaching for the observation of Reformation Day, October 30th, 2022. The opening hymn is TLH 260, O Lord, Look Down from Heaven Behold. Oh, 
one. So through God's word shall man endure each trial and tri tribulation. Its light beams brighter through the cross and purified from human dross. It shines through every nation. Defend thy truth, O God, and stay this evil generation. And from the error of its way, keep thine own congregation, the wicked everywhere abound. And would thy little flock confound. But thou art our salvation. Amen. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Sanctify us in your truth. Your word is truth. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. 
my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. A reading from Revelation, the 14th chapter. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead, with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The entrant is verses from Psalm 34, the antiphon coming from Psalm 119. speak of your testimonies before kings, O Lord, and shall not be put to shame. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. I will speak of your testimonies before kings, O Lord, and shall not be put to shame. A reading from Romans, the third chapter. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus." whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time, so that he might be the just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith, apart from works of the law. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from Matthew, the 11th chapter. Jesus said, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven is being violently attacked, and the violent men are trying to snatch it away. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. 
and if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But to what shall I compare this generation? It's like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to others. We played the flute, but you did not dance. We sang a dirge, but you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, this man is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And so wisdom is justified by her deeds. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Continue with the common responsory on page 263. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. We continue with the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. You shall have no other gods. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. As we celebrate the anniversary of the posting of the 95 Theses every year, which seems to get more and more lost in the weeds of the celebrations of the world, there is an important question that we do well to ask ourselves. Why are we Lutheran? What good does being a Lutheran do? Perhaps even what does being a Lutheran mean? That is probably a better question. <laughs> are we Lutheran? To be Lutheran is to first take the Bible at face value, that is, the Bible is the Word of God. It does not contain the Word of God and cannot be changed to suit our own changing passions. This is one of the solas often mentioned with the Reformation, sola scriptura, which means scripture alone. So there's no better place to answer our questions this morning than first hear from Jesus. 
From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven is being violently attacked, and the violent men are trying to snatch it away. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. For five years now, you have heard me say over and over again, there is less gray than we think we want to see. There is God and there is not God. The key to the Reformation, the basis of Lutheranism, is understanding this very thing. What does it mean to be violently attacked? And what does it mean that the violent are trying to snatch it away? To really answer this, we must first answer about whom this violence is being done. What does the text say? What is being violently attacked? What is it that the violent are trying to snatch away? The kingdom of heaven. One must first ask, I suppose, what is the kingdom of heaven? Matthew has already told us the preaching of John the Baptist and Jesus are both summarized in the same way. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As you carefully read through Matthew, the more pointed picture becomes clear. It is not just simply what is the kingdom of heaven, rather it is whom is the kingdom of heaven? It's Jesus. Where Jesus is, there is the kingdom of heaven. What this means, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, is the violent are trying to snatch away Jesus. Just as there is God and not God, there is also Jesus and not Jesus. There is truth and not truth. Either he does the work of redemption, or he doesn't. Either he saves, or he doesn't. Either his death was sufficient to pay for our sin, or it wasn't. When it comes to the word of God, either one hears it, or they don't. This is why Jesus brings up John the Baptist and Elijah. They did many works and were part of important events in the life of Jesus and of the church, but they weren't Jesus. They received the word of God. Their first posture was to hear, to receive that which was given to them from God himself. Now, violence is a common part of our vocabulary today. There is much to be found in the areas of violent words and actions throughout the world. Our own community has seen an increase of violence, not just in physical acts, but also in words. Often we take this violence we see in the world and bring that baggage into the church. We see the ways of the world as a blueprint for operating within the church rather than the other way around. The violent, they hear or see something they don't like and they go after it. John the Baptist, Elijah, and all of God's children hear and receive from God whose lives are then changed because they are in Christ himself. This is the heart of the Reformation. The word of God and the truth of his word, the peace that passes all understanding, was violently attacked, ripped from the hearts, the minds, and the lives of the people. The entire Reformation can be seen as a Reformation, the sacrament of penance. In other words, what is repentance? What does forgiveness mean? Who gives it? Is it earned by Christ or someone else? Does one receive the kingdom of heaven by grace through faith, or must you do something to either earn your way in or to keep your place? That's the focus of the 95 Theses. It all revolves around the question of where can we find and be sure of God's mercy? Luther was responding to a medieval corruption of the idea of penance. It was being taught 
That penance was an action to be performed. The penitent went to the priest for confession. There he confessed with his mouth. And that's all that was mattered. It didn't matter if his heart was changed or not. It did not matter if he was sincere or if he had the faith. The sale of indulgences meant that forgiveness could be purchased with money or by doing good deeds apart from faith. Now that sounds good. It seems it would make it easy for a Christian. Pay your dues and everything is fine. You can belong to the mafia, be a murderer, a child abuser, a gossip, a thief, a liar, whatever you wanted to be. You could do you, be you, and as long as you pay your dues, your sins are forgiven. Put in the, amount, the right amount of money or seat time in the right place and you were good as gold. While speaking of Christ, the idea was really about you. How can you use Jesus to make yourself look better? This may feel good for a time, but it really doesn't work. It fails to comfort, and even those who bought indulgences with sincere and pious hearts, who hoped for God's mercy, lost the comfort that God would give for free. By selling indulgences and making salvation dependent in any way upon our works, the papists had cast the true grace of God into doubtful terrain. They had taken certain peace and cast doubt in the hearts of God's people. Did God really say was not only used, I mean, in plain view, was the forbidden fruit. You mean I can do what I want and there is still an easy way out? The sinful flesh loves all kinds of fruit that is pleasing to the eye and good for food. But how much are we to cooperate? What does God really expect from me? I want to feel like I'm actually doing something, right? Pastors are not the only ones who struggle with this thought. We study and teach and read and pray and wonder how much good are we actually doing, not just on earth, but also for eternity. I mean, pastors struggle with laziness. How much do I have to cooperate? How good, how pure do I need to be? How much are our dues and when do we know when we've paid in full? Can you imagine this burden posed by these questions in terms of eternity? Of course you can. How good do I have to be before Jesus will love me? How much do I have to do so that God can see that I'm really trying? How much is enough? I want to know the line so that I can find just enough comfort for this day and say, man, I really did a good job today. God must surely love me now. But when we equate God's love with our own works, doubts will always arise. By the grace of God in Christ Jesus Luther, though uh, <laughs> he had his own personal angst, broke down that false teaching. He exposed it. He preached the line. He called the church back to the posture of John and Elijah. You and I received the fruits of Christ crucified. The violence against sin was bore by him for you. He paid for sin. How much is enough? Christ and him crucified. The gospel, the good news of salvation, is for you. This is not just information about an event long ago. This is a present reality. You have the gospel with no strings attached. You are saved by grace through faith by the work of Jesus Christ alone. This you know through uh, the Holy Scriptures. I know this prompts us to ask, is the situation better or worse now than it was then? 
In the 16th century, the forgiveness of sins required monetary payment. Now it costs nothing, and people abuse it like never before. They seize the gospel to serve themselves as though it belonged to them. They approach, uh, they approach the word of God, not with receiving, but with violence. They attempt to change the text, attempt to snatch away the work of Christ. You may have never heard this before, but I think one could argue that those who bought indulgences in the 16th century, in a way, stood higher than many. They at least recognize that sin costs something. We mock and criticize that they paid money for the forgiveness of sins. At least they realize that sin came at a price. Do we? Are we better than the medieval peasant who went to the priest for confession? Or do we take confession itself for granted? Do we saunter in here, speak a mindless confession along with the crowd, and suppose that we can live rehensibly, thinking that the general absolution gives you a kind of amnesty to keep on with the selfishness, keep on with the pride, keep on with the gossip, the lies, the doing of whatever we want to do, say whatever we want to say, keep bearing grudges, etc., etc., etc.? Is that what the Reformation has given us? No, <laughs> that's what the devil has given us. For this we are called to repent. Peace does not come from learning to forgive yourself. He who forgives himself his sins is his own God. If you forgive yourself, you make yourself a God. If you are God, then God himself cannot be. The Lutheran Reformation recovered for the church the truth of penance or repentance. Repentance is a comprehensive attitude of the entire life of the believer. We confess true repentance is nothing else than to have contrition and sorrow or terror on account of sin, and yet, at the same time, to believe the gospel and absolution, namely that sin has been forgiven and grace has been obtained through Christ. And this faith will comfort the heart and again set it at rest. The Reformation was not to create a new church or denomination. The Reformation at its core was not about dethroning the Pope or even about being right. The Reformers would have gladly continued submitting to the Pope by human arrangement for the sake of good order on the condition that he would allow the gospel to be preached purely and the sacraments administered according to Christ's institution. I mean, the Reformation wanted to ensure that the Church proclaimed true repentance to the people and pointed those people to Jesus Christ, who takes away the sins of the world by his death. The Reformation wanted to give away for free what God declared is free. So why are we Lutheran? Not because Lutherans are smarter or have some bragging right by being the first to break with Rome. No one should be a Lutheran out of ethnic pride or because dad and mom were Lutherans or because he was married into it. The best definition of a Lutheran is a person who confesses and believes that the small catechism of Martin Luther is the true and correct exposition of the Bible. That's the pledge made at confirmation. You are asked, do you believe that the doctrine of the evangelical Lutheran church, as you have learned to know it from the small catechism, is faithful and true to the word of God? The doctrine of the evangelical Lutheran church is not a, a collection of facts. It is not a book of quotable quotes. It's the confession that we are sinners saved entirely by God's grace through faith, that we have been reconciled to the Father by the death of Jesus Christ, that he is well pleased by us for his own sake in perfect, unconditional love 
and has bestowed this favor upon us for free in the waters of holy baptism, in the holy absolution, in the proclamation of his word, and the celebration of his supper. That is a lot to swallow. It's not a list of facts. It's an entire reality that cannot be seen or known or felt. Faith does not trust what it sees or what it understands. It supersedes the mind. While it can contain feelings, faith is not simply just a feeling or an emotion. I mean, it supersedes the heart. Sometimes we can't feel God or we don't feel very good toward him. How we feel doesn't dictate how God feels. On the other hand, faith is not simply confidence or discipline either. We have doubts. It's not confidence, nor is it a certainty that everything will work out on this side of heaven. God has promised that he works good through all things, including violence and evil. Just look at the cross with Christ crucified. For some things, we may not know and feel that peace until the resurrection. This doesn't mean that God is not here or working. It gives us a different perspective on violence and suffering. Faith receives from God and knows who is creature and who is not. Faith is something that supersedes our will. Now for all of that, faith is not a blind leap either. Faith always has an object. We believe and trust and hope in Jesus. True Christian faith is not a blind trust. It is foolish to the world, and yet wise. <clears throat> For it is grounded in the objective, historical reality of the death of Jesus Christ. It is the certainty that in him our sins are forgiven. Death is defeated. Satan is stripped of his power, and God continues to be merciful toward us. So Christians are constantly aware of two things. My sins are dreadful. They offend God and damn me. I wish to be rid of them. And at the same time, I am serene and confident in the knowledge that God loves me and forgives me all for the sake of Jesus. I know this not by my feelings, emotions, or decisions, not by my intellect or will. I know this because of the objective work of Jesus on the cross and in the tangible ways he gives me grace, in the means of grace, my baptism, when I go to the pastor for absolution, in the Holy Supper, and in the Bible, and in the preaching of the gospel where God not only reveals himself, but gives to you, his children, himself, in a most endearing way. Today, then, we thank God for the Reformers, for blessed Martin Luther. We celebrate the Reformation not only out of party spirit or because we hate Catholicism and enjoy bashing the Pope. We celebrate the Reformation in a spirit of grateful humility that God still allows his good news of forgiveness to be preached to us. And we ask that he would preserve his church on earth for the sake of Christ, so that many more might hear the pure doctrine that God forgives sinners all by grace through faith in Jesus, all the while praying that he keeps us in the same. We sit and receive like John, like Elijah, like Luther. The violent will try to snatch away the kingdom of God, but take heart, even the gates of hell shall not prevail against his word. From scripture alone, 
by grace alone, through faith alone. The peace of God is yours both now and forever. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The office hymn is TLH 268, Zion mourns in fear and anguish.
let not Satan make thee craven. He can threaten but not harm. On my hands thy name is graven, and thy shield is my strong arm. How then could it ever be? I should not remember thee. To build thy walls, my city, and look down on thee with pity. Ever shall mine eyes behold thee, on my bosom thou art laid. Never shall my love enfold thee, never shalt thou lack mine aid. Neither Satan war nor stress, then shall mar thy happiness. With this blessed consolation, be thou found in tribulation. Amen. In peace let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the Holy Christian Church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and the dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Almighty and gracious Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep us steadfast in your grace and truth. Protect and deliver us in times of temptation. Defend us against all enemies. And grant to your church your saving peace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us. Amen. We sing hymn LSB 656, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Soon were our loss effected. 
But for us fights the valiant one, whom God himself elected. Ask ye who is this? Jesus Christ it is, of Sabaoth, Lord, and there's none other God. He holds the field forever. Though devils all the world should fill, all eager to devour us, we tremble not, we fear no ill, they shall not overpower us. This world's prince may still scowl fierce as he will, he can harm us none, he's judged the deed is done. One little word can fail him. The word they still shall let remain, nor any thanks have for it. He's by our side upon the plain, with his good gifts and spirit. And take they our life, goods, fame, child, and wife. Though these all be gone, our victory has been won. The kingdom ours we